Welcome to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys looking to model positive Christian leadership in our work, families, church, and communities. Want to discover ways to apply scripture effectively in everyday life? Tired of the pat answers in Sunday school? Then settle in for a gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny Christian podcast. And now, No Church Answers. And welcome to No Church Answers, a Christian roundtable discussion for men. This is podcast number 290. Hard to believe. And we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab globe, spin it around, boom. Not sure where you ended up, but spin it around. Find Texas, southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. And that is where we are. You know, we're not pastors. We're just regular guys, each on our own spiritual journey. But we're out meeting daily challenges just like you. And that's why we're here. We're having a Christian discussion for men. And unlike others, we aren't taking any church answers. That's the church answer buzzer. (laughs) And we're glad that you've joined us. You know, this podcast has been called Deliberately Provocative, Unexpectedly Funny. We're so glad that you checked us out. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're on Facebook, YouTube, and at NoChurchAnswers.com. So rate our podcast leave a review and of course it wouldn't be possible without your support so thanks so much and at this time uh we have started a new study called limping with god it's by chad bird it is awesome i know that we are gonna blow the roof off today i'm gonna go real quickly and introduce the panel at this time. He is a former world-class policy writer, a current professional gambler. He is a show producer. It's Mr. Steve Ditch. Hey, Yo, Steve. Steve. A former prosecutor. He is an attorney, kind of the group historian. We still call him the judge. It is Michael Cropper. Yo, Mike. Hey, hey Mike. Guys. Mike. And rested up after a hard weekend of barbecuing. <clears throat> he is a corporate trainer, kind of the group theologian and barbecuer. Uh, we call him the Professor Robert Koshu. Hey, Robert. Hey, Robert. Robert just he doesn't look rested you, up. You, you haven't lived <laughs> until you smoked 36 briskets, <laughs> three whole hogs, and 200 pounds of sausage. <laughs> the truth comes out. There we go. It was good. Yeah, no kidding. And I was hungry. <laughs> and not anymore after that. And with that, uh, I am just going to go ahead and jump right into reading uh, the scripture. And first... I am going to read Genesis 25, 27 through 34. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country, famished. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That's why he was also called Edom. Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. Look, I am about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. When Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew, he ate and drank and then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. Professor. So 
We're going to talk about birthright and blessing. We'll hear about the blessing in the second reading and some differences between the two and kind of what they were. So birthright is exactly what it sounds like. It's the inheritance. So what's the big deal about the firstborn birthright? Well, here's how it worked. The firstborn birthright got double everybody else. So in this case, so two boys, that meant that in essence, Esau would get 75% of the inheritance Mm -hmm. and Jacob would get 25% of the inheritance. So they flipped it and now Jacob gets 75% and Esau ends up with 25%. Blessing, we'll read a little bit more about blessing here late a little bit later but what the blessing was is you have to understand the birthright didn't guarantee you were the leader of the clan the birthright guaranteed you the slaves the cattle the camel and the assets as it were the blessing designated the leader of the clan and and we often get this picture in our head because all we really read about is rebecca and isaac and jacob and Esau, and a little bit later we'll hear a little bit about Esau's wives. Mm-hmm. But in reality, there is like Isaac, Jacob, slaves, servants, people that followed on. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's like an entire village, small village basically, moving around nomadically. So whoever has the birthright is considered to be the leader of that group of people. And we, we kind of get this picture of, when we read it, you'll see of Jacob coming in, Isaac blessing him, and nobody else is around. Probably not the case. It probably had witnesses and other things, servants and other people around. This is, once again, what, what I call about, and if you think about how books and other things are written, you're getting the sanitized version of events, and you're not getting all of the nuances of it you have to understand kind of culturally what's going on and how things are going because we're getting the little bit we're not getting everything and i think that that's something i think we have to think about and keep in mind and and i have some real theories about this with jacob and all this other stuff so steve i got a question back over mike yeah how come how come they don't draw straws when they get out these are twins yeah. Right? Jacob and Esau are twins. Why is it they don't Esau extend came to out them first. the rest? Yes. Esau came out and, first. And it could have been about one minute. Or yeah, one, it's well, one year or one minute. Remember, this is what's remember the author calls, calls this the hairy and the heel. <laughs> right. Because Jacob is holding on to the heel of his brother. <laughs> try, because remember so it's in, a matter of seconds that they're birthed. Well, well <laughs> and not only right. that, but remember, what were they doing all through birth? We talked about that last week. They're, Smackdown. Yeah, they're, they're having... And it's almost as... Because remember, what was the prophecy to Rebecca? That they would they would lead two nations. Two nations right. were at battle. Yeah, and, and, and not only that, the younger but that the younger was going to... Older. So who's fighting? Is it Esau mm-hmm. fighting to be second? No, of course or not. Or is it Jacob fighting to be first when we're mm-hmm. in the womb? You have mm-hmm. to think about it in that term because... Who wants to be first? Who wants to be second? In this case, Jesus is in the least of these, meaning the second, gets more of the blessing. Really does come true at the end of the day. Really does. Well, the runt 
is always yeah. the fighter because if it didn't yeah. fight, it wouldn't get the nutrition. Uh, yep. I mean, in, in this most primitive form, mm-hmm. of course, uh, or attention or whatever. Good, but yeah. good point, Bill. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good point, Mike. Uh, yeah, I, I was, I was going to talk about just that just a little bit. We're talking about Abraham and Isaac, and we're talking about Jacob, and we're talking about the twins that came from Isaac, Jacob's son. The Jewish people are the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God called Abraham away from his family, his country, to go to a new land in which God would bless him, Genesis 12.1. God said, if you do this, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. I will bless you, and I will make your name great. Now, did I mention that Abraham is, is 75 years old at the time his wa- and his wife couldn't have kids when God calls him out and he tells them and prophesies they're going to have a son who happens to be the father of these two twins we're just talking about, Isaac. Okay, The promise which God made to Abraham sounds peachy creamy. Abraham is going to be rich. He's going to have many descendants. God will favor him and his nations will extend forever. However, as many of you know, the devil is in the details, right? So Sarah and Abraham must wait till they are 90 and 100 years old to have the son God promised them. Now, pressures do not stop when God makes you a promise. And Sarah and Abraham are tested for their faith to see if they can wait till God fulfills his promise through Sarah. And, of course, he does eventually with, with Isaac, the father of the twins we're talking about now. We are continuing with the study of Esau and Jacob. Abraham's grandsons through Isaac and like I said they're twins but they are nothing alike so let's go on with that (laughs) Bill Um, (laughs) yeah I just want to throw in a couple of things Uh, my wife's a twin and because uh, she is a twin they know so much more about each other than just general siblings do and it, it, it really it really is amazing. She, she's not an identical twin. She's a fraternal twin. I don't doubt that Esau knew that Jacob wanted the birthright. And they probably even had even talked about it before. But like Professor said, there was probably other people around. So this was witness. This was the real deal. This was the, this was the sealing of, of the deal, of the transfer of the birthright I because um, <clears throat> I knew a guy who was a diabetic and he came into my dorm room one time ready to die and he took a liter of coke and drank it and he immediately sprung to life like a plant mm-hmm. I'm not saying that uh, Esau was diabetic but I certainly understand that certainly some people can have those kind of physical uh, limitations or reactions, you know. So to me, that is entirely plausible. But also, though, in this region, just like Professor said, that birthright, okay, you get double everything. You also get double the responsibility. And who really would want to fail? If you if you had just even the sneaking suspicion that you weren't up to the task, I, I can absolutely see him saying, "Go ahead, take it." This, this that is an interesting reading because it's not 
it's not different from what some scholars say, mm-hmm. but in in some ways it's funny. I was I was looking at over this for the last couple of days because mm-hmm. in many ways scholars, certainly good people, desperately want to find something virtuous in Jacob, and right. and, and 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 so some of their reading is is built around that assumption that and and so. Well, it is true in Scripture, Esau does come across as a rather lumbering, dumb guy. Right. Um, and um, the, the question is, well, did, did God really, really want Jacob to be this prototypical leader of the Israelite people? But Jacob still cheats his brother out of this. Uh, twice. And, and who would twice. end further twice. twice twice we'll get to the second one but this this sets it up but yeah did, did was was it, it raises the question was Jacob the right guy all along and and I think we're going to end up talking a little about that but nonetheless Jacob exploits his brother's weakness and history is not kind to Esau especially biblical history he is I, I love your reading of that. He might have been truly hungry, but the, the reading is is just he just had these enormous appetites, and he threw away his his whole future inheritance for a bowl of stew he needed at that very yeah, moment. Yeah, he's not the bigger sinner. The bigger sinner is Jacob. Right, right. I wouldn't. I <laughs> wouldn't say. I would say. Yeah, this is not excuse. Yes. This Why would you him. starve your brother? Uh, yeah. Why well, you, you know, he's, even he's, if you he's don't like him, at a vulnerable moment him? and. But, I don't but know. let me I, I don't let, let, let me get to where I was go going ahead. at that oh, because because go ahead, this yeah. this this rejection on Esau's part of his birthright is is some is often compared to or contrasted with the idea of people who reject the birthright given to us by Christ and and mm. scripturally I'm pulling out Hebrews twelve fifteen through seventeen. Uh, so I'll, re- I'll read that. So see to it that no one be deprived of the grace of God, that no bitter roots spring up and cause trouble, through which many may become defiled, that no one may be immoral or prof- a profane person like Esau, yeah. who sold his birthright for a single meal. So maybe I, that's I'm, I'm, I'm not that's not scholarship. That, that's what's in Hebrews. So so Esau gets a kind of comes out of this as. An idiot, or a foolish guy, but yeah, but still, I don't think I don't think this somehow gives a reflected inverse virtue upon Jacob. There, there is there is <laughs> yeah. double bad virtue to go around. Yeah. Here. Uh, one is of it. one is looking for the immediate. What can I get <laughs> for something? Which you know, let, let's just talk about the narcissistic culture today. Mm. That says you have to have it now, 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 now. I mean, I mean, I my dryer broke on Saturday. I have a new dryer on Tuesday. That is mm-hmm. unusual. Let's be real. In the rest of the world, you know, for and me, the rest of the electric dryer. Let's let's start with the idea yeah. of an electric or gas dryer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, <laughs> yeah. let's just start with that. But the fact I walked into a Lowe's on Sunday afternoon at like four thirty. And by Tuesday at noon, I had a brand new washer and dryer that have all kinds mm-hmm. of fancy buttons on them in my house. That is, a new, that is an expectation that we have come to accept in life that in reality is not a reality in the rest of the world. 
And because of that, that Western, and I like, um, who was it, uh, the Wild Western, where did I say that? Was it in Chad's book? Wild Wild book? West? Yeah, it was in, the, it was in Dr. Bird's book. But it is something that we think of as normal, which is very, very much not a normal thing. Likewise, Jacob, extremely duplicitous. I mean, this is this is no better than the than the uh, VP who doctored the books so he could get his bonus. I, 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 it really, it really isn't. It's the or Jimmy the sales numbers, Bill, mm-hmm. <laughs> so he could get the bonus. There is equal duplicity on both sides going on here. And with that, uh, although I do totally disagree, uh, we are going to go ahead and take our first break. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Bill Cox, director of Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We hope you enjoy our show as much as we enjoy doing it. But our ministry needs your support if we are to continue to bring our TV show, our podcast, our live shows to men seeking spiritual refreshment. For as little as $5 a month, you can become a patron of Man Up Spiritual Oasis. Get more details at our page on patreon.com. If you would like to support us directly, you can make a contribution through PayPal at donate at manupmedia.org. All contributions are tax deductible. We're not pastors. Just regular guys, so whether you're successful or struggling, we hope to bring you the good news of God's saving grace as we share our own spiritual journeys. Please consider supporting Man Up and No Church Answers today. All right, and we are back. This is No Church Answers, podcast number 290. We're talking about Jacob and Esau and Professor... I misused the phrase. I'm sorry. It's from our book, Limping with God, and the author quotes it that we are the weird ones. And mm-hmm. weird comes from an article by Joseph Heinrichs, The Weirdest People in the World, How the West Became Psychologically Peculiar and Particularly Prosperous. And weird stands for Western, Educated, Industrialized, Rich, and Democratic. <laughs> and, I, and, and I think that really emphasizes what when we look at it, I think we have to look, remember we're always looking at it through that lens. Everything we see in Scripture, we're looking at through that lens because we're reading our culture into it. That's not the culture we're looking at, and I think that's one thing we need to look at. Bill? Excellent. And with that, we're going to go ahead and read a little more Scripture. Um, this is uh, Genesis 26, 34 through 27. When Esau was 40 years old, he married Judith, daughter of Barry the Hittite, and also Besemoth, daughter of Elon the Hittite. They were a source of grief to Isaac and Rebekah. When Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he could no longer see, he called for Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, here I am, he answered. Isaac said, I am now an old man and don't know the day of my death. Now then, get your equipment, your quiver and bow, and go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like 
and bring it to me to eat so that I may give you my blessing before I die. Now, Rebekah was listening as Isaac spoke to his son Esau. When Esau left for the open country to hunt game and bring it back, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, Look, I overheard your father say to your brother Esau, Bring me some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat so that I may give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die. Now, my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you. Go out to the flock and bring me two choice young goats so I can prepare some tasty food for your father just the way he likes it. Then take it to your father to eat so that he may give you his blessing before he dies. Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, But my brother Esau is a hairy man while I have smooth skin. What if my father touches me? I would appear to be tricking him and would bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. His mother said to him, My son, let the curse fall on me. Just do what I say. Go and get them for me. So he went and got them and brought them to his mother, and she prepared some tasty food just the way his father liked it. Then Rebekah took the best clothes of Esau, her older son, which she had in the house, and put them on her younger son, Jacob. She also covered his hands and a smooth part of his neck with the goatskins. Then she handed her son Jacob the tasty food and the bread she had made. He went to his father and said, My father. Yes, my son, he answered. Who is it? And Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Please sit up, eat some of the game, so that you may give me your blessing. Isaac asked his son, How did you find the game so quickly, my son? Jacob replied, The Lord your God gave me success. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Come near, so I can touch you, my son, to know whether you really are my son Esau or not. So Jacob went close to his father Isaac, who touched him and said, Well, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him, for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau, so he proceeded to bless him. Are you really my son Esau, he asked. I am, replied Jacob. Then he said, okay, my son, bring me some of your game to eat so that I may give you my blessing. Jacob brought it to him and he ate, and he brought some wine and he drank as well. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come here, my son, kiss me. So Jacob went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness and an abundance of grain and new wine. May the nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers. And may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed, and those who bless you be blessed. After Isaac finished blessing him, and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. He too prepared some tasty food and brought it to his father. Then he said to him, My father, please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. His father Isaac asked him, Who are you? I am your son, he answered, your firstborn, Esau. Isaac trembled violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came, and I blessed him 
And indeed, he will be blessed. When Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me too, my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Esau said, Isn't he rightly named Jacob? This is the second time he has taken advantage of me. He took my birthright, and now he's taken my blessing. Then he asked, Haven't you reserved any blessing for me? Isaac answered Esau, I have made him lord over you and have made all his relatives his servants, and I have sustained him with grain and new wine. So what can I possibly do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. And then Esau wept aloud. His father Isaac answered him, your dwelling will be away from the earth's richness, away from the dew of heaven above. You will live by the sword, and you will serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke from off around your neck. Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. He said to himself, The days of mourning for my father are near, then I will kill my brother Jacob. When Rebekah was told what her older son Esau had said, she sent for her younger son Jacob and said to him, Your brother Esau is planning to avenge himself by killing you. Now then, my son, do what I say. Flee at once to my brother Laban in Haran. Stay with him for a while until your brother's fury subsides. When your brother is no longer angry with you and forgets what you did to him, I'll send word for you to come back from there. Why should I lose both of you in one day? And then Rebekah said to Isaac, I'm disgusted with living because of these Hittite women. If Jacob takes a wife from among the women of this land, from Hittite women like these, my life will not be worth living. I just wanted to go ahead and chime in real quick on on one thing when Esau says to Isaac do you not have more than one blessing it just goes to show he doesn't understand what blessing is he doesn't understand the gravity of it and he just doesn't have the capacity and I can tell you this I grew up on a farm and there were so many farmers around that you would think that the leader would be the first one, but not in many cases, not. That was not the scrappy one. It was not the one that had to fight its way to the top and was willing to do it. We're into the meat of the lesson here. I, I Yeah, and, and this, is, this is where it all kind of comes to a head. And I've been looking forward to talking to this because it... it, it in many ways, Robert is talking about, you know, we've got to look at things through a different cultural lens, and that's true. But some things transcend culture, and, and this is, I think, why this story has such lasting power, because we really see family drama playing out. And this is truly... But we don't have family drama today. <laughs> well, I, I can see, this, is, this is truly a dysfunctional family, and that, that term is, 
is kicked around a lot, but what, what, it dis what happens in a dysfunctional family is simply this. There's, uh, there is some kind of elephant in the room that everyone is aware of, but nobody dares talk about, and therefore the tension begins to uh, leak out or burst out in other ways. And an example was that d directly from my household, my father was an alcoholic, uh, my mother was a codependent. She covered for him. Uh, she uh, she made sure he was never going to face the consequences of his alcoholism. But what also happens, and, and this is something I've learned about and, and direct experience with it, and we see it in this story, though children are weaponized. Um, we know that... Uh, uh, but first I want to say, you, I, it took me a while to figure out what the dysfunction in this household is. And that's why I, we don't know, I brought in those, those last few lines. It's bookended in this lesson. Esau has married two Hittite women outside the clan and perhaps in disobedience to God. And Rebecca does not like that one bit. Notice in between, nobody ever mentions it until the end. She, she at the end, almost as a summation of this. Her whole rationalization is, gee, I hope Jacob does not marry a Hittite woman. So Rebecca has made Jacob her ally. Uh, Isaac has made Esau his ally. And they are going to battle it out with their children as surrogates. Now, of course, there was already this conflict. This seems to be happening um, somewhat some years after the stolen birthright, but yet again, it's, it's Jacob who's looking for the upper hand, and mom is happy to help. She really, she really goes out of the way, not to just, to basically hurt Esau, her other son, because she doesn't really like the fact that Esau married these two Hittite women. And, and it's a little hinted in that first verse we talked about. There's, you know, this classic in-law tension around the house. And as, as, and I think, Robert, you're dead on. This is not little, a, little, a little cottage. I, yeah. Isaac, is, Isaac is kind of a Job-like character. It, he it's has, a compound. He has it's assets. A it's a compound. Yeah. So he's got, this is, this, they're, not, they're not poor. They're, they're any, and, 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 and like any other grand story, they're, 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 they're kind of got money and power. But yeah, a lot of paintings, I know I saw a lot looking this up, have a little candlelit cottage. Um, but no, this is, this, is, this is big stuff, and I'm sure there was conflict there. And this is how it played out. But I, I find this very, um, this part of the story very, very much I can identify with because it does exist today. Um, parents... Parents who have problems in their own relationship, children choosing favorites from their children and then pitting those children against each other. Well, unfortunately, that happens all the time. And a lot mm -hmm. of times it's due to the traits that the children pick up. Mm -hmm. Some children uh, go, go after their father. Some go after their mother. And I think in this particular instance, I really uh, kind of relate with Esau uh, in this situation because... I was a farm kid, and I had a bunch of sisters, and they just hung out in the house. And I can I can understand where Jacob would just stand uh, stay in the house, and Mom would definitely come become closer to him, no question about it. And if he was in the tent 
or house or whatever. He was probably into the logistics of moving them around, like Professor said, uh, a nomadic group. So in a way, I can see Rebecca justifying what she did by going, hey, I am going to make sure our clan is taken care of and the dim bulb is not going to be leading us because who knows where he'll take us. Whereas I know I trained Jacob in the art of the house. And I think that that if, if you would bring her to the stand today, she would say that she would say that, but look, look at the, and and, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to throw this in. I think, Maybe there was minor favoritism until such time as the Hittite women mm-hmm. came in. And I never understood this. I was always the dad that honestly said, from the grace of God, I did not have daughters because I would have been the most horrible father ever to a teenage daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, a burqa is a perfectly acceptable clothing option. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, gun cleaning, <laughs> knife sharpening when the boy showed, that would have been me. <laughs> well, my see, your daughter, your daughter isn't as mouthy as mine is. Yeah, well, so I, I only had it, sons. If somebody so would have ab- if somebody would have abducted her, they would have brought her right back and said, "Oh, we grabbed the wrong one." <laughs> you said, but, "I didn't give you any pay." I didn't give you any pay. Hold on, what's going with that though? Is is when my boys started bringing girls around. Oh, that was a horse of a whole nother color. Because your I'm wife not, got involved, don't you? Oh, involved does not anywhere begin to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I was going, because in light of what you're saying, I think that's what, that's what she'd tell herself. That's what she'd tell anybody. What, but, but she is, this is, this is a, a, sure, she's the woman of the house. She's the mistress of the estate. But still, there is a social standing for, there. For but she is, mani- she is, she's running. She is manipulating this. She, you know, she's a classic, you know, classic <laughs> Livia behind the scenes. <laughs> she, she is going to undermine the master of the house. Now, don't don't write in and saying you're being sexist, Steve. I'm 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 attend. I'm putting this in the context of the time. This is something that you that would be considered wrong in terms of a household. Now, now she's doing that, and it's clear she's doing that deliberately. She is, she is helping Jacob lie. She's basically telling him what to do, and then he he runs in. What's great about the reading is he he runs with it. He oh, yeah. he comes in, and 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 we can put talking about this. He says he 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 takes the Lord's name in vain. When when, he, when, when Isaac said when Isaac says, "Gee, how'd you get so fast?" He probably went, "Well." Our God was no, was no, 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 no. Your God, yes. your, your God. God. Oh yes, and okay. That, right. that is. Oh, okay. I, I want to visit okay. that. All right, later I'm, I'm wrong. Okay, because he said, he said your God, the mm-hmm. Lord has blessed me. Okay, you can read that. But but it, but, but I, it's very yes. very important because throughout Scripture, you will see the people Saul when he goes up to Samuel. Mm-hmm. It's not God or our God. It's your God. And I think that there's a reason Jacob becomes Israel. And, and it plays mm-hmm. into this. And this is, this, is, this is Jacob, not Israel. Excellent. Is the easiest and, way to put it. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our second break. And we're going to find out more about Jacob when we get back. This is Nordstrom Chancers. 
Hey, pastors and church leaders, are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is No Church Answers. Going to go back to uh, Professor. So this is one... Do you mind if I comment for a minute? No, please. Okay, okay, please, please. Go, go ahead. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. So, very basic to me. Why did Rebecca prefer Jacob? Why did Esau prefer? Pardon me. Why did uh, Jake, uh, Isaac prefer Esau? I'm going to tell you. I think it's the law of the firstborn and the secondborn. Uh, a father will usually, and, and I'm not going to ask Robert for comment on this, but a father, in my case, have an older brother, preferred the firstborn, my older brother. And that was no one, it wasn't, he didn't say it, he didn't act it out, but there was favoritism there, I could see, because he was a firstborn, and he thought my brother was going to be like him. My brother turned out to be distinctively different, and I turned out to grow close to him at the end of his life, which was great for us. But in this particular case, you got Rebecca, Esau comes out in hairy red, he looks like a hunter, he looks like an animal. And Rebecca's saying, I want a normal boy I can have in the house and help me. I personally think it's a feminine trait. She wanted from Jacob, and she got it. Jacob came in. He worked with her in the house. He did whatever she asked. So they're going to grow apart there. Uh, I think it's just natural. Isaac did not understand God's plan, and Steve alluded to this. For some reason, Isaac did not understand God's plan requiring the Jewish bloodline, right, to stay in their family. So he did not stop or he didn't discipline Esau from marrying the two Hittite woman, women. And Roberts mentioned this. I think those were very, very important things. Now, could God have done this? Rebecca stepped into God's plan and, 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 and made it very deceptive and made it work. But could God have done this plan without Rebecca doing that? Can I answer your question? Because <laughs> yeah. this goes back to podcast 286, yeah. which, 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 go back and, and listen to that. Yes, that's the one we call it, Does God Call Audibles? Now, ah. here's, here's, I want right. to throw oh, that, I, I want to kind we of throw this then. out. Yeah. I want to throw this out. Yeah. This yeah. is an example. Now, we only know the story of what happens to Jacob. Jacob, mm -hmm. Jacob does steal the birthright, and by you know we by their character we can say, well, maybe he really was the smart, he was the smarter of the two. Maybe he did have the tools that we need. But remember, this is still early in their lives. The birthright, we don't we don't know. Maybe it was God's original plan that Esau be the founder of Israel. Then Esau, well, he <laughs> he clumsily sells his birthright. Right. Uh, then he marries the two Hittite women, which which, uh, which would be would a problem. Which gone off. And sorry, and there and there and 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 then Jacob comes. <laughs> Jacob comes in and steals the birthright and steals the blessing. And God plays the hand He's given, and then yes, he then it. He shifts everything to Jacob. 
Now, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to go out, and I know this is not doctrine, but, but I see this as exactly that, an audible. I, I don't necessarily see that when God set out the plan, I'm going to choose these people from a nation. I'm going to choose Abraham. I'm going to choose his offspring. He might have had Esau in the original plan. And because That's humans have free will, this happened. Mm-hmm. And 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 it was a messy family, well, and as we see, as we see, ja- and Jacob now has to mature in a different way. And he goes, and and the ironic thing is, is that even though he's got the blessing, we see at the end of this, his mom's told him, you know, get out of town. He's not even going to be around to enjoy all those assets that he more or less stole. So yeah. so that's that's where that's where I'm coming from. So so it I is. don't necessarily think you know that's how I kind of rationalize it because I was saying at the beginning people want to find some some virtue in Jacob. It, it wasn't has, there. He, it's he, just, he really has none at this point. It, yeah. <laughs> he he really doesn't. And and I want you to notice I said at this point. He mm-hmm. he really has none at this point in his life. And it it's going to be one of those discussions we'll have ends up in the genealogy of Jesus despite <laughs> you know but but if you look about it Abraham Isaac and Jacob who gets the least screen time in this of the three Isaac, the least Isaac, what Isaac, Isaac, Isaac he's kind of Isaac. in between yeah Isaac yeah, Isaac, Isaac, yeah. Isaac was the necessary patriarch mm-hmm. to get to Jacob yeah, there, there. And, mm-hmm. and if Esau followed along with Isaac Stylistically, intellectually, all of that, mm-hmm. yeah, you might have some problems. We did, we did, we did skip yeah. a little bit with the whole Amalek yeah. thing. You don't yeah. get anywhere by following the rules. You're yeah. nobody's going to write a book about uh, a rule follower. <laughs> you know, awesome. He followed all the rules, and then he got, got up it. to. Hey, as a leader, uh, I'll tell you right now. You know what the number one job you got is, Bill. It may not be break the rules, but it's better. You better get outside the box. Right. <laughs> exactly. And and the thing about it is, and you look at you look at the heroes, every one of them are flawed, in one in in one way or another, and and that's the only way that you get the strength of character uh, when someone that has struggled and they've experienced that and they experienced the failure and like <clears throat> like. What I hate to quote my dad again, but uh, a good weld is stronger than the metal it joins, and that is absolutely true. So uh, I, I think that's uh, one thing that we need to consider about it. Although, yeah, we might joke about it and everything. Honestly, I think he knew all along. Esau didn't want it, didn't want the birthright, wasn't gonna wasn't gonna step up to the plate anyway. And I, I would bet that Rebecca had talked with Jacob at length about it, and this just came up, and it was a perfect way to get it. And but I, they had talked about it I, before. I, I don't I, think I, it was the perfect way. I, I know. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was I think opportunistic. It was, a, it was oppor- I, that's, If you want to put it that way, it yes. was opportunistic. But by a cert- they certainly did it by you know we are going to get away with it. This oh, is something we can get away with. Well, and the thing about it is they had to make sure that he was ready to go. Mm-hmm. So I mean, so timing was huge on it. And the thing about it is, it it almost foiled foiled it by Esau coming back so quickly. <laughs> he should have stood up front and go, oh, he didn't really want deer. 
He wanted uh, a mountain lion <laughs> instead. Yeah. Uh, could you go back well, and get one of those? I, I, I'm going to just say I'm amazed that Isaac, I am, this tells me the boy liked his stuff spicy because <laughs> as a cook, I guarantee you, I can tell you the difference between venison and goat. Oh, no question. Oh, yeah, no question. Jacob yeah. could not yeah. tell. Isaac couldn't mm-hmm. tell the difference. Yeah. yeah, the boy liked his because it very, very much intended on how I like it. I, I, I got two things I want to talk about. This is this is uh, since since we since you you brought up Isaac and you brought up this was I hate to say this. I mean, was say Isaac it, gullible? It. No, I mean I, I, we look we look, well, okay. we look he, he, and this in this scene he's an old age and he kind of said, "Gee." He doesn't sound like he saw. He sounds a lot like Jacob. But this is the this is also the same fellow. And I know I'm going to be a little sacrilegious here, but Abraham is called on God to sacrifice him. They they take they and the servants go up. They reach a certain point, and then he says he basically takes the takes I guess the gear for the altar, the wood, and Isaac. And Isaac says, "Gee, Dad, where's, where's the, the lamb? We're going to sacrifice." Uh-huh. And Dad says. Don't worry, God will provide it. Yeah. And they go now lay down on the altar. Yeah, yes, and so so we don't. I mean, and, and I mean, I know there's a whole point to yeah. that story, but still, nonetheless, <laughs> the 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 the, um, the bit here. I mean, here. I mean, he he's a, an old man. I should be mean. Yes, and uh, and he he be, maybe he believes what he wants to believe. He's I, one of those guys. I absolutely <laughs> do. And and but think about this. By the time that you're at the end of the life and you're looking back and, and you're you're and, and your future is counted in hours, which is sounds like mm-hmm. the, the he wasn't going to fight about it. He, he was not going to fight about the decision. Ah, yeah, it doesn't seem like, but ah, whatever. You know. Well, he's see. not. He's to the point. Isaac is to the point. He says, "Doesn't sound like Jacob." He came back too quick with the goat. I'm going to ask him again, and he trusts him. I'm going to tell yeah, you that's that's, right. that's a so, good yeah. quality he, he, Isaac mom, showed, mom, right? Mom says, was smart. Put the clothes on him. Yeah, he yeah. He says, yes, he says, "Are you Jacob or not?" Because I don't believe you are. And the scripture yeah. says very clearly, he didn't know who he was, right. even mm-hmm. after Jacob told him who he was. I'm Esau. Uh, I've got the food. I've done what you've asked. I'm your firstborn. He says. And, Isaac didn't know who he was. And Jacob lies at least And Jacob twice. lied at least to twice. him. I looked at him and says, I, okay, and I mean, aren't we supposed to, as a father, trust our children? Mm-hmm. Unless they've yeah, done okay. a whole bunch of deceptive things. That's a loaded question. Up to this point, we don't know how many things <laughs> Jacob has done. But, but I would have trusted my son. I would have said, I'm said, I'm not going to spend my last moments, my last breaths, questioning my son. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, and you get it. I, I, I think about that uh, when I was reading the scripture, um, laying there, how much he had been through, and there's just times in life you just want to exhale, and I think that's what Isaac was doing. Okay, one one more thing I want to talk about before because, we do take because away. because Chad, the author Chad Bird, he goes right into it. So so now we have an opportunity By the way, to talk ever about talks this. about this. And 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 so so okay. <laughs> um, it, it, chapter eight of of the book is a seventy year olds seventy year olds in midlife crisis. And actually, when I started, I thought it was going to talk about Isaac, 
but it's that it's talking about Jacob and Chad Bird comes right from his point of view that uh, that Jacob when all this is happening this uh, this scene with the blessing Jacob is 70 years old which apparently mm-hmm. you can calculate that from from what's written in in the Bible and um, it raises the question exactly how really how do how, how old were these patriarchs mm-hmm. and, and he's true bird and I shows there are paintings and illustrations even our, our kid kidhood Isaac and Esau Isaac Esau they're, Esau they're and Jacob teenagers. are seeming like you know young men um, after all that's about when you get your blessing that's when this happens not uh, King I, Charles yeah yeah you, you, you like think Prince of King Charles Tr- Tr- he's being yes I, I thought of that as well yes he's finally coming to his own and <laughs> yeah just in time just to move in the home move yes. into the home so so um, and so bird bird it's interesting because bird bird views Jacob here not just as 70 but as a 70 as we would see a 70 year old um, I'm gonna throw this out and and say personally I when it comes to the book of Genesis especially and and Moses uh, I think these ages are mythologized I do not think Adam lived to be 975 I do not think Jacob lived to be 147 um, but even <laughs> I don't even hedge but I, even I if you want to believe time with Adam being 975 <laughs> than I do Jacob being 147 yeah, and, 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 but, but or, or now if you want to accept okay that Jacob lived to be 147 at at seventy seven or seventy years old, he's about half his lifetime. Now, does it does it scale out? Is he like Logan, where he doesn't age? He's he's he has the body and physique of a of a thirty five year old at seventy because he's going to live so long. You can I mean that these these like I said these are. I can go with it and go ahead and buzz me and okay. and I have a little logic behind it. So if. If we believe Genesis is a creation story, whether there was an evolution, there's one of the, what's it called, um, intelligent design theories, is that God, the, the, the statement God breathed, is that God breathed into whatever had evolved at that point to create. So however you deal, you know, God made the little clay statue, mm-hmm. breathed in it, took a life form, and however you mm-hmm. want to do it. At that point, God had created the image of himself in the world. Has that image, that image gets degraded, you know, because no one ever asked, where did Abel and Cain get their wives? (laughs) You know, there's always that little discussion. But had the image of God degrades over time, we're still made in the image Mm -hmm. of God but not in the same way. That's why my statement of I have an easier time believing Adam to be 970-something. Oh, well, that that, that becomes, again, still more symbolic. As, right. as sin grows in the world, ages decrease. Yes. Because if you think about it, until modern medicine comes about, 35 was ancient. Yeah, you would, I, I mean, you I mean think at, about at it. pretty much... If this had been a hundred years ago, everyone at this table would probably have been dead by now. Maybe one of us would have made it, but but in reality, yeah, probably Mike. <laughs> but but in reality, because the reality of it is, modern medicine is the only thing that's extended mm-hmm. life. 
So that that's kind of my take. I can I can kind of buy it, but I'm buying it because um, but I'm buying it because with that in mind. But but a, that's what so, has a background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and with that, we're going to go ahead and just get some final takeaways uh, from the fellas about birthrights, about uh, mom cheating, and you know, whatever. Uh, start with Mom's Michael. Never cheat. <laughs> start with Michael Cropper. Yeah, Take away from you. You would, wouldn't you? And <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have an internet site here, and it and it refers to something Steve was was uh, talking about the ages of the. Uh, of the um, patriarchs uh, yeah the patriarchs um, we need to consider that Moses was the author of Genesis and that even if he used pre-existing documents they were still not compiled and edited until after the exodus at this time almost 700 years had passed and Moses was considered to be old at 120 years old so again to those post-exodus Israelites who first heard and read what Moses had recorded, 175 years old would have been considered a good old age, as uh, we know that Abraham was to have lived to. We can see now that there is no contradiction. Abraham lived to be a good old age, just as the scripture states, both in regards to his contemporaries and also the people of Moses' time. And the reason I say this is the author of this particular section says, uh, he's contemplated, he names the ages of Noah, he names the ages of... uh, of Abraham, Shem, and all of them. And the point here is he says, I believe that they really did live to be that age. I, 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 Billy Graham had a problem with this. Billy Graham had a very difficult time. and He went out in the woods and he said, God, there are many inconsistencies in your Bible. I don't know what to do. His grandson tells about this. And he says, he, says, I, he threw himself down on the ground and says, God, I, I don't know what to do. I can't handle the stress. And finally, he got up and said, you know what, Lord, I'm going to accept your word out of faith. Because as I look at the Bible, and, and we talked about this, this is why our, that's why we're going, folks, the podcast is going, because we see things that are inconsistent, look inconsistent, and we want to understand them. That's the reason for this group of, of podcasters. And Billy Graham got up and said, the Spirit of the Lord and the presence of the Lord came all over him, and his grandson said, said from there on he never looked back the point is is accepting the word as we receive we read it and the bible yes there appears to be a lot of inconsistencies because they're 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 taken out of context and right and a lot of the books of the bible are not in sequential order as they occurred am i correct Steve, guys mm-hmm. so the the point is folks what what do we believe here today we believe that god's word is infallible and we believe that he Pinned it through the prophets and the writers, Moses and the various writers. Uh, it may be missing some parts. In fact, if you look in some of the Old Testament writings from the Jewish people, uh, there are more books that are left out, the book of Maccabees, right? And, and, and a number of other things that are not included in our Bible that we look at as Christians. So, folks, you take it by faith. And, Bill? Uh, excellent uh, takeaway from you, Professor. All families have their problems, and it's really, as we'll see through the story of Jacob as we get further along, it's really only through the grace of God that we can really overcome these problems that we have all faced and we all live in. And I think that, that this is the biblical Old Testament stories in particular are not chapters and verses they're 
chapters. Mm -hmm. They're long arcs. And I think we're really just at the beginning of Jacob's arc for his story. Excellent. Steve? Yeah, and picking up on what what Mike said, yeah, this is... The, the, main, the main figure in the Bible is God. It's God's story. It's God's plan. Um, they, we, what, what we have here in stories of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, what is it telling us about God? That's the first question. Now, we, we can identify with the characters who are involved, and, and that's, what makes, that's what makes the Bible special, and it makes it... It makes it far more approachable than some people believe or say or think it is, and um, but it, it. You ask me, is did 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 history happen exactly as it's written here? Probably not, but that's not the point. It doesn't. We're, we're not we're not reading Genesis to learn about Jacob as if he were Napoleon or a historical figure. We're learning where he fits in God's plan of salvation, mm-hmm. all these figures. And, and they have a, a humanity about them. But that's, that's why we were kind of, kind of, this is a recurring theme. Not every, not every figure we come across who, who does God's plan, who figures in God's plan, is a hero or is some kind of virtuous person. We, 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 I mean, that's almost, actually, that is more the exception than the rule. <laughs> um, they're, they're almost there in spite of it. And so that's, that's what makes this story good. But again, whether or not Jacob is, is, is an old weasened 70, whether he's a 30 or whether he's a 70-year-old who looks like he's 30, I don't think it's, it really matters. What, what the takeaway is, is, what is how is God going to shape him, taking him, as, as, as Robert said, what's his arc? Right. Excellent. And with that, thanks so much for tuning in to No Church Answers. Uh, and thanks so much for our sponsors and supporters. And on behalf of our producer, Mr. Steve Titch, Michael Cropper, Robert Croce. My name is Bill Cox, and the podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. So please rate our podcast and leave a review. And I'm telling you, Limping with God by Chad Bird is outstanding. Jacob and the Old Testament Guide to Messy Discipleship. You need to pick it up. <clears throat> it's on Amazon wherever you get your books. <clears throat> and if you have any questions or comments, you can go to our Facebook page or nochurchanswers.com and post it there. And we've had a lot of action on the Facebook page lately, <laughs> that's for sure. And if you're unable to attend a church, well, shame on you. Check out the Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service. It's on Facebook, YouTube, and sugarlandbaptist.org. It starts Sundays at 9.45 a.m. And when you're ready, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and participate and find a small group, ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or a Sunday School class that you can join for discussions like this and find one that is men only. If there is one, start one. This is No Church Answers. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. Tell us what you think. Leave a comment or review. Want to know more about us? Then visit nochurchanswers.com and our Facebook page. 
check out our video series on our YouTube channel. You can also become a patron of No Church Answers by visiting our Patreon page. No Church Answers is a production of Man Up Spiritual Oasis Media, which is solely responsible for its content. 